Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. Amen. 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 Wasn't that good? We can go ahead and clap one more time for Jesus that it was a good Sunday. We're glad to be here. God is good. We always have victory in Jesus. And not only do we have the victory, but we can count the joy in every battle. Because I know right where you'll be. Isn't that good? And thank you guys so much for being here. It's such an honor to have you. My name is Parker, pastor here at Pinewood Church. And if you're a guest with us today, man, I, I hope you've had a chance to meet somebody new. I hope you've had some of our delicious boxcar coffee back there. Shout out Dr. Ross and the coffee team back there doing a good job, always making that delicious coffee. I, always, I, I just had my cup feeling good and caffeinated, and I'm ready to go, ready to preach. We're continuing our value series. Tonight we're going to be talking about our second value, which is... No, people were saying it. People were saying it. You just didn't know. Nobody said it loud and bold. Yes, connection is our culture. We know it, but we're still working on it. We're getting there. Connection is our culture. We've been working through our value series, and this is one of my favorite series that we do every year uh, because it talks about who we are. Your values dictate what you do, and so they're incredibly important. Whether it's uh, values that you set in your home that dictate what you do in your home or or values that you set in your personal life that dictate decisions that you make, it it really dictates everything your values do, where you spend your resources, how you spend your energy, where you spend your time. And so we've been working through our values. We have seven of them. I know it may seem like a lot, but you can memorize seven things. They're short. They kind of go in order. And if you've missed any of uh, the sermons from our value series, I want to encourage you on one thing. You can catch up. We have podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. And you need to go on and subscribe. Right, Raphael? Let's go. Raphael. Faithful to post. I don't know how he does it, man. I tried to do it one week. It took me a week. He takes him three minutes somehow. I don't know how he does it. But I want you to go on, catch up on our value series. We're going to be closing it out next week on our number one value, and I hope you'll be here. So connection is our culture. Let's dive in. Whenever I was in middle school, I would go to camp. Anybody ever go to camp? Middle school, high school? So you know that life. Um, Maybe we had the same experience at camp. This was a backwoods, backwoods camp. We went, we went deep. Well, we didn't have, you know, electricity. We didn't have solar panels on our roof and really nice bathrooms. No, 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 this was camp. I didn't know those types of camps even existed until later on in life. And I was like, you are spoiled, man. No, I'm just playing. But I went to the backwoods type of camp. And in middle school, I went to camp. And I always loved camp. And my mom went with me. Uh, I think it was probably one of my first years going Everybody, aren't you grateful for your moms going with you places? I was going with me to camp. I was, I was grateful. I was grateful. It wasn't one of those, those scenarios. But I was at camp with my mom, and she uh, pointed out one of the young men, one of the little boys, I guess, if you're 
in middle school. I guess you're not a little boy. You're a young, young man. And uh, his name was Adam. And she said, I know his mother. We're really good friends. And I want you to go meet him, and I want you to talk to him. And so I, I, said, I said, okay, you know, I, I kind of was ready to get in the groove of camp. But I said, you know what, I, I want to help this dude out. And he doesn't know anybody. I want to befriend him. And so I befriended him, and, and we hit it off pretty quickly. And we actually ended up becoming really good friends right there. Uh, I, I remember one of the first things that we learned was that we both had a passion and a love for music. And we had brought guitars with us. And so the only thing I remember as a middle school student is that night I was busting out our guitars at this like super conservative Christian camp and singing wild thing to the top of our lungs in this camp. We were rebels, man, let me tell you. But what I didn't realize in that moment was that this one, was that this one single relationship would change the course of the rest of my life. Here we are 20 plus years later down the road and we are still best friends. It's because of that one healthy relationship, it helps set the trajectory for my future. Little did I know. Relationships are a big deal. You know, some of us today, when we choose our relationship, we choose healthy ones. Other of, others of us maybe have some unhealthy relationships in our life. There's a, a statement that I, I want you to write down if you're taking notes, or I, I just want you to commit to memory, and that it's this. Your connection determines your direction. The people that you put closest to you, that you allow to speak into your life, that you allow to hold you accountable to certain areas of your life, ultimately will be your future. Now that may be kind of scary to think about for some of you, but that's, that's why we're here. We're going to talk. We're going to unpack this truth of Scripture together and see what the Scriptures have to say about that. But I believe that not only does your connection determine your direction, but your relationships set the direction of your life, but they also establish the legacy of your life. So they set the direction, but they also establish the legacy of your life. So fast forward to the end of your life. None of us know when it's going to be, but let's just fast forward to the end of your life. And look back, what is going to be your legacy? It's, I can tell you right now, people aren't going to care about your status. People could care less about the things that you own. If anything, the things that you own are going to be a burden for the people that come after you. Right? But it's the relationships is going to be the equity of your legacy. Well, if you, if, you know. In Jesus' name, this is not going to happen today. But let's just say you were to pass today. What is your legacy thus far, relationally? Healthy relationships, broken relationships. Has that been an area where maybe you've struggled before? My hope tonight, as we dive into the scriptures, is that we see principles from God's word about how you can leave here tonight and be encouraged in your relationships. Is that all right? And we're going to get after it. Let's get it. Romans 12. Ooh, you already know. Romans 12, verses 9 through 16. A, a little, little context before we read this. Uh, in the first eight verses of Romans, chapter 12, what we see is God talking about relationships, but he's talking about a relationship with him. And he's outlining some of the principles about what it means to have a relationship with him, about the gifts that he bestowed on us. But then he transitions a little bit here into verses, Paul does in verses 9 through 16, and he outlines how to love each other. Just some basic Christian ethics of how we are to love each other. 
And then, verses 17 plus, he goes into how to love your enemies, also known as your frenemies, if you got any. You know what I'm saying? You act like you're their friend, but really you hate them. I know none of y'all are that way, because y'all are good people. And then later on in 13, he goes how to have a relationship with the state and the governing authorities above us. But we're going to narrow down towards how to have a relationship with each other and fellow believers. Let's read this together. It says this, don't just pretend to love one another. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard in serving the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. You've probably heard that before and you're like, wait, that's actually in the Bible? Sorry, it's true. Bless those that persecute you and don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Don't think you know it all, okay? Talk about that in a minute. We're going to be working through seven key keys to healthy rela- connections. Let me say that again. Seven keys to healthy connections. Seven. Let that sink in. Let's get started. We got to... I'm not going to keep you forever. We're going to make it happen, team. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. What is he saying there? Be authentic. Don't be a fake. Don't just pretend you love people. Don't just put on a mask. Don't just show up to church and walk around and say, good to see you. So good to see you. How is everything? Oh, God. God's just too good. I'm so unworthy. You know, maybe that's true. And so, hallelujah. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Hallelujah. But don't just pretend if it's bad. Say it's bad. Be real. Be authentic. And I want to just say it in this way because we can, those words sound like church words. Let's just say this. You be you. You be you. However your day is going, Walk through these doors, walk through in your work, walk in your home, and just be you. Hey, today was rough. I'm going to be honest. No, not for me. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, I actually had a great day. It was awesome for me. But maybe, you know, you had a rough day. Come in and just be real. I, I don't believe that anybody here today is looking for the perfect community where everything is perfect. That's weird. Isn't there like a weird town for that? What's it called? Celebration? Anybody ever heard of this place? It's in Disney, right? Anyways, that'd be weird. If we all walked around and it was just like, like everything is good, God bless. I don't think anybody's looking for that. But I think everybody's looking for an authentic community. I think everybody has a deep desire, a deep craving to be around people that are real. Am I right? Anybody here today say, I want to live in that fake community life? No way. Not a chance. 
You can feel it when you're in it, can't you? I feel like people can sniff out hypocrisy in a second. It don't take much. That's not our, a culture thing. If we're talking connection culture, healthy connection culture, as a church, Pinewood, we just want to be real. When you step into a crew, we want to lean into real life. Nobody comes in the crew like everything's all good. There's some real things we're working through, and we want to be real. Also, I want to talk about this, is that in order to be authentic and be real, it takes this one word that I know many of you, and myself included, sometimes we hate, and it's called vulnerability. Vulnerability. In order to have authentic relationships, you got to put yourself out there. And that's scary sometimes. Because what if I put myself out there and then they shame me later? What if I put myself out there and then later on in life, they use that thing that I trusted them with as a weapon against me? Right? This is why people that have been hurt deeply have a hard time being authentic and being around authentic community. It's scary. How can I enter into this space and be my true self, tell them my past, because they're just going to hurt me like everybody else? I want to encourage you today to step out, encourage and in faith and believe that things can be different. That God can heal that which was one broken, heal which was broken. And that you can come into a space like this and find people that genuinely love you and not just pretend. Let's go. I want, uh, there's two words that I want uh, to say, and then we'll move on from this. Two words. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. All right. I'm going to say go. You say deep. Go. Deep. Go. Deep. Whew, I like it. Let's go deep, team. You can be authentic, and you can stay two inches for the rest of your life. Am I right? Ain't nobody shouting that down. No, you got to go deep. Now, I'm not talking you got to go to the core, find out their, their deepest pain, but let's go for two feet, all right? A shovel, that can, in one stroke, that can go two feet. Let's go two feet. And I ask questions. You could easily walk up, talk to somebody, have that relationship where everything in your life is, and it's been kind of rainy lately, right? Is that rain ever going to go away? How's your golf game? Yeah, same. Been on a hike lately? Oh, same. Yeah, Sanitas again? Yeah, okay. Same, yeah. yeah. That's about it. And that's like two inches. And we can go there with everybody, and we can feel good about ourselves that we have all these connections. But are those healthy relationships? Are those authentic, meaningful relationships? Probably not. They're acquaintances. But how do we go deep? Hey, how, this is... Hey, how was your week? How are you mentally and emotionally right now? Hey, what's something that I can pray for you about? Or if you want to go extra, hey, how's your relationship with God right now? Is that okay? Hey, how, how, when you think about God, pray to God, like, how's, how's that going? You can go deep quick. And let's live in authentic relationships and not be afraid to go deep. Number two, give honor. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I love the, another translation, the ESV says, outdo one another in showing honor. Any competitive people in the house? 
I challenge you today to outdo me in showing honor. Let's go. Head to head. I love the idea of outdoing one another and showing honor. Why? Because honor is not about us. It's about speaking truth and life and potential in other people. Honor is not about puffing people up. Let me just set this, this, this clear here. And I, If you want to know more about honor, we already talked about it. Honor is our commitment. I'm not going to preach a whole other sermon now on honor. But I want to lean into it for just a minute because this is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. Honor one another. Take delight in honoring one another. I believe that if we were to honor people authentically and consistently, it would fix a lot of the challenges that we have in our current relationships. Just last night, we had a birthday party for two amazing people. Adam, shout out back there. Happy birthday. We love you. And Jay Stilley, who's not in here right now, but he's down there with the kids preaching Jesus. Amen. They need it. We had a birthday party for them. And at the birthday party, sorry, my kids, not yours, my kids. We had a birthday party last night. And uh, we, uh, towards the end of the night, kind of, we, we pulled everybody in. And we did what we call an honor circle. Uh, anybody ever experienced an honor circle before in any way, shape, or form? I mean, I know some of you have because we've, we've done them together. But an honor circle is this time where we, we bring everybody and we circle up. It, it is like what it sounds like. We bring everybody, we circle up, and we focus on one person. And we just stand there and honor them. And we speak what we've seen. That we speak the truth of God's word. I love Ross. Oh, shout out, Ross. During our team rally, man, he said, honor is bringing the kingdom on earth through you. And it's speaking that potential over people's life. Woo! It was good. But that's such a good truth. How many of you are used to atmospheres like that? It's so foreign to most people. Every time we do it, we have countless people walk up to us and say, man, I've never experienced anything like that before. What's that called? It's called an honor circle. So we bring, people, we bring people together and we honor them. We do it in our home. We do it at birthday parties. But what I love about this scripture is, is that it's not, it doesn't say at birthday parties, take delight in honoring one another. <laughs> or, or no. Or, or we could just say, hey, I do that. I'm good. No, it says delight. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's in every day, every area of your life with everyone that you encounter. Honor your boss. Honor your friends. Honor those above you, below you, around you. Some of you are really good about honoring your boss, but you're really bad at honoring your friend. Let's get good about a 360 honor system. How do one another in showing honor? How are you about giving honor? Is it a rhythm of your life? Do you believe in it? Do you see the purpose behind it? Did I... Dishonor breeds destruction and chaos. But genuine and authentic honor and love builds a healthy foundation for people to grow on. I feel like every time I speak honor over somebody's life, I'm just, I'm just pouring water on them, growing them in Christ. Let's be people of honor. Keep praying. Never be lazy. 
Some of y'all can take that out of context. Anytime you see anybody lazy, hey, Bible says don't be lazy. Although it kind of does, but it's a different message for a different time. Point number three, keep on praying. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope and be patient in trouble and keep on praying. The overflow of all of the behaviors and characteristics that we're going to be talking about is what? It's the overflow of our relationship with Jesus. We're not going to be super authentic and super honoring all the time, in every circumstance, in our own effort. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. None of us are just that good. But Jesus, working his power through his Holy Spirit in and through us, we can have victory in that. And that's, that's what he's talking about here, is an intimate relationship with, Lord through, with the Lord through serving the Lord enthusiastically, rejoicing in the confident hope we have in him, being patient in trouble, and keeping praying. There are many relationships that we have in our life that cause us to retreat and recluse. Am I right? Where you have those relationships or maybe you've uh, been, been a part of a circle of friends or something where they've dodged you, they've hurt you, or, or whatever the case may be, or maybe it was the church and, and you had a really negative experience there and, and it's caused you to say, you know, I, I think I'm just going to be done with that. And it caused you to withdraw and recluse. And we're talking about healthy keys here to relationships. And I want to tell you right now, a very unhealthy thing that you can do in your relationships is when you've been wronged in your relationship is is to recluse away and isolate yourself away from everybody that loves you and wants to speak truth over your life and encourage you and pray for you. I love this text so much. And I know this is easier said than done, but it says rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Even when it hurts, even when you don't want to, keep leaning in because there's hope in Jesus. Keep being patient. Keep talking to God. Keep leaning in. Keep believing. Keep having faith and keep showing up. I, I love, we say this all the time, but show up to grow up. But how many you know that when you're faithful to show up, God is faithful to grow you up? Say, God, I'm coming, and I may not feel like being here, but I'm going to lean in. God, I'm, I'm going to come with open hands and, and an expectant heart, and I'm going to believe that you're going to speak to me and change my life and change my heart. Who in your life do you need to regain hope for and start praying for again? It's tough to pray for the same person for years and years and years and years. Am I right? The weight gets a heavy. But take, take courage today that we can rejoice in our confident hope. That we can be patient and we can keep on praying for those people in our lives that maybe need Jesus or need freedom in Christ. So keep praying. Five, bring, practice hospitality. When people are in need, be ready to help them. Always eager to practice hospitality. All right, we got some hospitality people in the house. 
When we think about hospitality, what do we think of? Like a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's like you walk into a house and there's grandma's blanket. It's like, man, there's like, there's, you can smell the food. My mom's Russian tea is on the stove. When you think of hospitality, you think you walk in the door and everybody's like, oh, you're so good to see you. They remember your name. It's warm. It's fuzzy. It feels amazing. Kind of like Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? You just walk in and it's like, mm, heavenly chicken, Jesus' name. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. That's what we think of warm and fuzzy. But guess what? Hospitality is sacrifice. Hospitality is not about you. Yeah, sure, receiving it is nice, but genuine, real, and authentic hospitality is not about you. Think about this. Let's just say uh, there's a family that wants to come into town, and they have four kids, and you have a house, and and, you know, all of the rooms are accounted for, and they want to stay in your house. Guess what's going to happen when that family goes to your house? And, you know, yeah, okay, eagerly practice hospitality. Yes, Jesus, I obey. Uh, I'm going to let this family come stay in my house for a week. Guess what's going to happen in the house? It's going to be a little messy. They might eat out of your fridge. You might stay up a little late at night. It may be a little chaotic. It's definitely going to make you a little uncomfortable. Everybody's going to be running around everywhere. True hospitality equals sacrifice. Like, hey, look, like, yeah, it's not, it's not about me, you know. Oh, it's not my house. It's God's house. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I just want to honor him with it. I, I just want to serve him with it. So, so, yeah, of course, come and stay. Yeah, have whatever we have. Whatever we have. Genuine and authentic hospitality recognizes that everything that we have is from God. Therefore, we're just giving back every time we're hospitable with people. I say that because we've done that to people. We've crashed people's house, and I'm always just like, oh, God, thank you for their hospitality. I'll pray that our children don't break anything. Don't break anything. But we've been so blessed by people's hospitality, and I want to encourage you today to be a people of hospitality. It's a big deal. And that's why we love our hospitality. Team lead, Sarah, grateful for you. She feeds all of our dream teamers. She provides food and snacks and caterings for all of our events. And she makes sure everybody feels really, 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 really good. But yes, as we receive her hospitality, guess what she's doing? She's working really hard. She's going to the store. She's thinking about everybody else in the room, what they want. How can they feel comfortable? And I want to encourage you today, if we're going to be people of hospitality and if we want to experience hospitality, we got to look towards others and not the interest of ourselves. On that same note, if we're going to be people of hospitality, let's bless others. Am I right? Bless those that persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. If you're in a business of hospitality and Somebody don't like something that you gave them, you say, well, God bless you. Thank you. Don't curse them back. I, I have had, uh, I had an experience one time with one of my neighbors. Uh, no, 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 none of you know him. He wouldn't know this, but uh, we had a little party at our house in the afternoon. 
Not loud. Pretty chill, pretty calm. Maybe I was loud, but maybe I was the only one that was loud. The music for sure wasn't. And afterwards, just a, a, you know, actually kind of right in the middle of the party, actually. He pulls me aside and he just lays into me, man. He said words I didn't even know existed. I'm like writing them down for later. Like, okay, like I might not feel bad about that one, but, but I mean, it was, he was getting after me and I was feeling it, man. I, uh, confession, you know how in life you have fight or flight? God bless the flights. Because I've never had that. I was looking for fights. All, like growing up, I was like, anybody like slightly came at me. I'm like, you want to fight? I'm ready to fight. I'll punch you right now. I, that's how I was. Like, I love a good fight. You're like, man, this guy's twisted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lot better now. Or at least I thought until this guy brings me in the alley and starts laying into me and everything in me. Everything in me wanted to throw the gloves down and say all the things that you know I wanted to say. You know, get back on your property, just shut your mouth. I'm trying to have a good time with my family, you know what I'm saying? But people were watching, you know, pastor got to be in Jesus' name, got to live the right life. <laughs> so I said, I'm not going to curse him back. I wanna, I'm going to bless him. Hey, look, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And I'm going to do everything that we can to, to make this right. Even though we really did nothing. And I'm trying to bless him. What happens when you do the alternative to this pass, passage? What if this passage read, read, curse those that persecute you? Don't bless them, but curse them. That would be a horrible way to live your life. What's that called? A vicious cycle of cursing. Right? Somebody comes at you, wrongs you, breaks trust with you, disrespects you, and you say, all right, here we go. Let's go. Well, you're, you're an idiot. You're always late. Your shoes are ugly. And then, and then who wins? After you get done destroying each other, who wins? No, Jesus rises above always. Jesus rises above that always. And he says, no, 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 no. No, 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 love your enemies. No, 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 bless those that persecute you. A lot easier said than done, right? Who in your life has persecuted you that you're still holding bitterness and unforgiveness towards? Not only are you not blessing them, but you can't even forgive them. So you're carrying that load everywhere you go. When we read this verse, our very first thought is that, right? Who has wronged me and persecuted me? That's the first place that we go, right? What about this? What if we go the other way? What about the people you've wronged? What about the people you've persecuted, disrespected, dishonored? What has been their response to you? How do you want people to respond to you when you've wronged somebody and persecuted them. Isn't it nice to receive grace when you're just a total screw-up and somebody says, hey, man, 
it's, it's all right. It's okay. Like, I forgive you anyways. You're like, well, I ain't even sorry. It's like, it's all right. It's all right. And how can, I, how can I serve you? How can I bless you? How can I love you? How can I honor you? Man, get off me. What? No, for real. Like, I'm not pretending. Like, the love of Jesus in me, trust me, I've, I have persecuted Jesus, denied Jesus many, many times. And guess what? He still loves me. He still blesses me. So I'm just trying to live out what's been done to me, the grace that's been given to me, to you, and, and I forgive you. Six, demonstrate sympathy. I love this. Be happy with those that are happy and weep with those that weep. Rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Cry with those that cry. I love this because what you have to do in this instance is say that whatever conversation or interaction or relationship you're having, is, it's not about me. I love that. It's almost every single one of these that's uh, like if you could sum it up in that. It's like how to have healthy relationships, keys to healthy relationships. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. You need to say it over and over again in your head. Why? Because what do we do when people are going through a really, really, really hard time and they're crying and they're laying everything on our hearts? What if it's about us? What are we like? And I wonder if they're going to wonder if they're going to keep this up because it's kind of like I'm getting hungry. You know what I'm saying? If it's about us, then it's, you're not even in their world. You can't even sympathize with this deep pain that somebody's going through because it's, you're detached. But I love this is because you've got to get in their world and give them a shoulder to cry in and cry with them and say, I've had people in my life, whenever I was going through a hard time, look at me and say, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And then they started crying for me. And what does that do to you? What, I'm like, floodworks. Because I'm like, man, like this person is in this pain with me. Like, now I know this is a safe place for me. And we're in that together. And we're leaning in. And when somebody's rejoicing for something, I'm not thinking about myself, thinking, when am I going to get mine? No, it's about them. And I celebrate them. And I rejoice with them. I celebrate when people get elevated. Celebrate when people have success. Rejoice with people that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. Everyone has a desire to know and be known, and everyone has a desire to love and be loved. We say this all the time. You got to be willing, though, to know, to be known. You got to put yourself out there to love, to be loved. Be the relationship that you want others to be to you, and treat others the way that you want to be treated. When you're going through a hard time, what do you want somebody to do? When you're going through a struggle, do you want that person to come into your life and say, hey, look, bro, I got the answers. I can fix this. No. When you're going through a hard time, you want what? That person that walks up and just says, hey, I'm really sorry. You want to talk about it? That's what it's saying here is, is, is to demonstrate authentic sympathy. Last thing is this, and then we're done. Humble yourself, live in harmony with each other, and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. I want to encourage you today with a word. I believe you're all extraordinary people, you know? But at the same time, we're all pretty ordinary. We're all more normal than you would think. Status and accolades 
and things does not elevate you above one or the other. Why? So we all are going through the same things in life. Don't believe me? Let's think about it for a second. As a parent, we're all trying to figure out how the heck to raise our kids. <laughs> and no matter what you do, what your status is, parenting struggle is real. You got kids, they're going through life, and you're trying to figure out, how can I love this kid well? How can I nurture this kid? How can I raise this kid up to glorify God, to fill all of their potential? If you're in life and <clears throat> you have relationships, we all go through hard times in relationships and good times in relationships. We all have healthy relationships and broken relationships. We all experience times of community, times of isolation. All right? That's everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. Or if you're in the business field, we're all trying to, to pursue our careers and better ourselves and become better leaders. We're all on the same page together. I love how he says, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before life humbles you. And don't think that you know it all. Don't think you're too arrogant. You want to talk about not having healthy relationships? Be, uh, be that guy and that girl that think you're better than everybody else. How many people love that person in their life? You want to have a struggle in relationships? Be that person that knows it all. These are things we know, but there's truth, truth from God's word that I hope will bless you today. Now, we're going to go ahead and stand, and we're going to close with a final song. And I want to encourage you today, as we sing this final song, I want you to think of two things. One, I want you to think, out of those seven keys to healthy relationships, which is one that I can lean into this week? I love making it practical. Let's just make it practical. What is one that you struggle in that you say, I'm going to lean into that this week? And what's one that you do really well in and say, I'm going to lean into that this week as well? And in the song and response, sing that to Jesus and commit this week to Jesus that you're going to be pursuing healthy connections, healthy relationships. And then the last thing is this, is if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, which I, I encourage you is the single greatest connection you could ever make, the single greatest relationship you could ever make. You know how in our, our relationship, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Guess what? Jesus says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. He's always faithful, always victorious, always super comforting, comforting, always sympathetic. Jesus is the best friend ever. And he wants to come and live inside your life. And, and you can do that today by putting your faith and your trust in him. We'd love to talk to you about what that looks like in your life if you've never made that decision. I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll go ahead and sing one final song. God, I pray tonight that if there's anybody here that does not know you, I pray that they would not leave this place without making a decision to follow you, Father, and convict their hearts in this moment, to draw them in this moment. Father, we know that your scripture said that nobody comes to you except you draw them in. And I feel like you're drawing somebody here tonight that's going to make a decision to follow you with their life. God, we're so thankful for your word how it encourages our soul and challenges us to be more like you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are. 
and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.